Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. We have been in a series that we've been doing about uh, foundation checks, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But before we do, we just want to declare uh, that this is the Word of God, and, and our opinions and our thoughts bow to this. Amen? Amen. So, Father, as we come to your word, by your Holy Spirit, would you speak to us out of your word? Lord, we confess that your ways are much better than ours, and your thoughts are much higher than ours. And so we humbly ask for you to transform our minds and renew our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. So, because we've been foundational, going one-on-one, checking the, uh, the foundations of of our lives in Jesus here in the start of 2019, um, we have to kind of get in a, frame, a mind frame uh, a bit, you know, more like a kindergartner, right? So, and if you go to a kindergarten, anybody here taught a kindergarten class before? They're not very uptight. <laughs> they don't sit like this. Uh, what, the teacher's going to say something wrong. No, they're like, hey, did you wait? <laughs> okay, so... To help us, help us uh, relax a little bit, uh, I got another just special little uh, story for you. Um, it's not about my wife and I, so uh, I would never... Here we go, before I dig myself any deeper. There was a husband and wife, and it was the Christmas season, and the budget was tight. And, uh, and so the wife was going to go out Christmas shopping to, to get stuff for the kids and the stuff on the Christmas list. And the husband, because he was a little worried about the budget, he made sure to be clear with his wife. He said, honey, you know our budget this year, so you've got to be very careful and don't spend anything on yourself. I love you. And that night, he slept on the couch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so... So she goes off and she's like, absolutely, honey, I will resist the devil and he will flee from me. Amen. And I will go and, and we, will, we, will, we will stay on track here. So she goes, she goes, uh, goes shopping and she's out there. She's getting some things for the kids. And there she is in the department store. And before her eyes is the most beautiful dress she'd ever seen. And she looked at it and, and I, said, I need to resist. I need to re-. Oh, but it's so beautiful. And what would it hurt if I just tried it on a little so, of course, she tried it on, and uh, it looked good, and, and uh, she ended up going home, and she felt so guilty that she'd purchased it, that she hid it in the back of the closet. Well, the husband got home and asked how things were, and said, oh, it's good, it's good, and he needed something out of the back of the closet, and he was digging through, and he found this brand new dress. Honey! He screams, get in here, what on earth? And she comes, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, did you buy this when you were out shopping yesterday? She's like, yeah, I bought this one. I said, yeah, you don't understand. It's an amazing dress. She's like, I know, but you told me you would resist the devil. You said that, that you would quote the scripture and you would stand against temptation. You'd say, get thee behind me, Satan. Didn't you say, get thee behind me, Satan? And she's like, I did, honey. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. And then he said, but Satan said, it looks pretty good from back here too. <laughs> yes. That one was just for extra here. All right. Now we've loosened up a little bit. We are going to get into foundational truths here. These are supposed to be things that are 101 building blocks. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Jesus Christ, our chief cornerstone, the capstone. If it's not built on the name of Jesus, it ain't going to be built for long, right? 
That was 101. Uh, 101 part two, we talked about uh, love. Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment of all? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And now, that's, if Jesus said it, we know. This is, this is foundation. This better be our greatest commandment as well. That was last week. This week, we're going to jump into some, and we're going to read a section of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 6. And uh, some of these may not seem like foundational 101. Before we get there, understand who the book of Hebrews is written to. It's, it's unique in the books. It was written, we don't know the author because he remained anonymous. Um, we, some people guess that it was Paul because he wrote most of the other letters that we have in the scripture. But this letter in particular, the book of Hebrews, was written to the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, right? Now, of all the peoples on planet Earth, the Hebrew people were supposed to be the ones who knew the most about God because they had him from the get-go. And they were, they were trained in his laws and in the, in, in the scriptures. They had, they had the Torah and, the, and all of those things all the way along. And so the writer of Hebrews, he, he's writing them this letter. And he's like, listen, I don't want, I, I, we, we want to go beyond just the foundational stuff. And that's, what, that's where we're going in today. This is, this is the heart of where it was written. So, it says this, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. The writer says this, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Let us stop going over the same old ground again and again. Always teaching those first lessons about Christ. Press pause. Don't hear this. He's not saying, listen, that's unimportant, right? That's not what he's saying here. He's like, this is 101. You should be at like level 500 by now. That's what he's saying. He's like, why do we have to keep laying that same foundation of repentance over and over? You keep having to get saved every month you come to church. That's, that's basically the heart of what he's saying. Let us go on instead to other things and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. You ought to be strong Christians, Hebrews is what he's saying. Surely, surely we don't need to speak further about the foolishness of trying to be saved by being good or about the, necess- the necessity of faith in God And you don't need further instruction about baptism and spiritual gifts and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. The Lord willing, we will now go on to other things. Okay? Again, I want to reiterate, he is not diminishing any of these things that he just listed. Spiritual gifts, uh, baptism, uh, work, although he's not diminishing them. Repentance is foundational. Okay? What he's saying is, I just wish you would stop forgetting them. Because we have to keep reteaching them over and over because every other month you feel the need that you gotta, you got to repent. You just haven't figured that one out yet. Every other month. And so we're going to take a couple of these things and just look into them because we're being told that these are foundations. This is just basic stuff. So we're going to do a foundation check not to forget these things so that we can grow up a little bit. Amen? So the first one that he mentions specifically is salvation by grace, not by works. <laughs> okay? Well, we know that, Pastor. I'm just trying to earn a better spot in heaven. <laughs> Listen, this, this is so Christianity 101, but we slip right into it like a dirty shirt. He is saying, Christianity 101, there is nothing you can do to be saved apart from just accepting Jesus. 
You cannot earn anything. I don't care how many doors you knock on, how many people you lay hands on, how many words and whatever you speak, how many times you read the Bible through, how many times you pray a day, how many, how many people you throw in the air. I don't know. All those things. It will earn you nothing. It will earn you nothing. Now, I'm not saying that doing any of those things is a bad thing. They're amazing things. But if you're doing them as some way to repay God for what he did, you've missed the point. And you're not operating in the grace of God. You're operating out of a spirit of works. And what I'm essentially saying is, when I slip into that, is I'm saying, what you did, Jesus, wasn't quite enough. Because I need to earn something now. In fact, in fact, what I'm going to do now for the rest of my life, Jesus, is repay you for what you did. He's not asking for repayment from you. He's not asking you to repay him anything. That balloon is totally going to get it. And so I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. Let's just... Uh... Thanks a lot, Pastor Zeb. As it gets caught in the fans... In fact, turn the fan off we got enough fans in here, all right. Now, where were we? It's saying this to Jesus. Let's jump back into this. First of all, everything comes back to cherry red Jeep Wrangler Rubicon with me, all right? That is the, that is the dream car. That is, that is the thing. But let's say this. Let's say I showed up, and I said, Sherwood, praise God, I have a Christmas gift for you. It's a cherry red Jeep Wrangler Rubicon with all the bells and whistles. Well, Merry Christmas. That's amazing. All you have to do now is make the payments $500 a month for the next seven years. Merry Christmas. That, you'd be like, what are you, that's ridiculous. But this is what we do to Jesus. He's like, here's the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon cherry red. It's yours. And you're like, all right, praise you, God. Oh, this is great. Now, I'll make your payments every month. He's like, you just missed the point. It's no longer a gift then. Now, all of a sudden, I'm cheapening the work of the cross, and I'm not understanding the grace of God, and I'm trying to earn anything. The minute you're trying to earn anything, you've slipped out of the foundations, and you need to get a foundation check. The Jeep Cherokee is yours. Salvation is yours. Paid for, bought. There's no mortgage payment. There's no, there's no monthly payment sent to the Bank of America. No, it's yours. Drive it. You don't have to pay him back anything. Now, all of these wonderful works and all of these things, oh, you get to, you get to enjoy and do them, but they will earn you nothing. It will earn you nothing. Isn't that a weight off your shoulders in some way? Because if my motivation is trying to re-earn what God did, I'm a slave. I'm, I'm, a, I'm under tyranny, and he's not a tyrant. He is a loving father, and he wants to give good gifts to his children. So that's, that's foundation 101. Grow up! Accept the grace. There's no payments necessary. Uh, foundation number two, faith. This should be 101. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Foundational 101. It's really the opposite of works. Why, why, is, why should my marriage be blessed? Because I believe God. Why, why should I be blessed in my finances? Because I believe God is in them. Not because I'm super smart enough to know how to invest and when to... All those things may be true. But you're not blessed because of what you did. You, you only, the real blessing only comes from what I believe about God. 
Do I believe that God can, uh, is the one to give me the wisdom to raise my kids? Or am I going to figure this one out on my own? God has to be part of every part. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. That's faith. It's one-on-one. Everything in your life given to you. In fact, you know you stopped operating in faith when you get into the works business and you're trying to earn it now. Lord, if you will just, if you will just uh, bless my wife to, uh, to be nicer to me and, 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 and clean up after me, and, and if you do, I will be a holy servant of you, and I will, I will give all that I have to the poor, and I'll, I'll, I'll wash the orphan's feet. That's a, works, that's a works prayer. It's not a faith prayer. A faith prayer is, God, would you bless my wife? I'm not going to manipulate him to bless her because he already wants to. I believe that. That's faith. Faith should penetrate everything we do. It's foundational. No manipulation games. That's, that's, that's works games. That's nonsense. All right. I need to move on because this isn't even where I want to land. All right. Number three, he, that, that the writer of, of Hebrews says, baptism. Baptism is one of What did we do last week? We baptized people in water. Repent. We, we did it. This is foundational stuff. Baptizo is the word for baptism, but the word here is baptismos, which is a plural form, cleansings. You know there's more than one baptism that's supposed to be one-on-one. There's baptism in water, and there's baptism in the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to be uncomfortable? If you, it, listen, if I say the word tongues and you get uncomfortable, great, that's awesome. No, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, this isn't a tongues message, but I understand that there are certain giftings that make us uncomfortable, which is why you need the Holy Spirit more to be your comforter, all right? <laughs> Baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is, this is Christianity 101, this is a foundational truth 101, you need to be baptized in water, repentance of your sin, and then filled with the Holy Spirit, because you know what, without the Holy Spirit, you're on a razor scooter doing this life. This is the gift, this is the gift that Jesus, imagine this, if Jesus Christ in the flesh was here, and he stood up here, and we're going to go, all right guys, we're going to take a vote. Who do you want to preach today? Pastor Andy or Jesus Christ? Let's not answer. No, you better, I would say Jesus Christ, all right? Yes, praise God, yes, please, teach us. Yet Jesus, while he was here, 33 years in the flesh before he died and rose again, he told his disciples this, hey guys, listen, I got great news. It is good that I leave you. What? No, it's not. Now I got to listen to Pastor Andy on Sundays. It is good that I leave you, he says, because I will send you the comforter. I will send you the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. But through his death and resurrection, now the gift is we can all be. So that the things, greater things than these will we do. That's what Jesus said. Before that, I couldn't lay my hands on anyone and see them healed. But now, being filled with the Holy Spirit, I have the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwelling in me. Hallelujah. Let's shabadaba on him, all right? Because, God, and I'm not trying to make anything weird. It's just, without the Holy Spirit, it's just me and my gift set. And it's just not that good. 
but the Holy Spirit, the one that was there in the foundations of the world, when, the, when he hovered over the waters, who filled Jesus Christ and raised him from the dead and is now here to fill us, is a gift to us. And so I, I bring up tongues because it's the least of the gifts and it's really easy to get tripped up on and we're like, I don't want to do that because so-and-so did weird stuff. Yeah, I'm telling you, the problem is it, 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 it's a good thing, okay? And, and if I, I, I'll use the example of a maple bar, okay? If you saw me take a maple bar and eat it in the most disgusting way possible, <laughs> that's a good maple bar. You'd be like, that is disgusting. That is gross. Why? Because I was part of the equation. That doesn't change the fact that the maple bar is amazing. And that the next time you see the maple bar framed in that beautiful display case at the Dutch bakery or, or at Hagen, you wouldn't be like, I'm going to eat that. It's a good gift. Okay? The problem is the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. You come with the package. And, 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 and your filter gets to be part of the equation. Right? So, so if I do, do something stupid... I, I, may, I may still be operating in a great gift, but I'm doing it in a way that's rubbing the maple bar all over my face. So if you get tripped up at any one of the gifts, I don't care what it is, you may be like, I just don't like people who give. I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> but let's say it was, oh, those givers, they're the worst in the church. If that trips me up, what I'm saying is, there, I, I want all of you, God, I want every single part of you, fill me, fill me, fill me, except this one thing I don't want. Be like saying this, yes, I want the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon cherry red, all the bells and whistles. I just don't want the seats. So we could work out that kind of a deal. No. You know, probably the most profound conversation I ever had with somebody, and it was tongues that tripped them. I'm like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. But they said this to me. But I want, I want everything God has for me. I want to be filled with the Spirit. And, I, I just, I, and, I, and they said this, I would be willing to stand on my head if I thought that's what God wanted me to do. And I said, you got it. it it's, not, it's not about my demands. It's about, Father, I want all of you. Everything you have for me. Because until then, God wants to empower you. This was the gift to the church to transform the world, the Holy Spirit. But without it, I'm on my Razor scooter. Trying to make everything happen. Yeah, you, you, okay, you're going to be an amazing whatever, architect. <gasps> or Jeep Wrangler, now you can drive faster. It's the power of God. It was a gift. It was good that Jesus left so he could give us this. Now, don't get me wrong. We believe that everyone receives the Holy Spirit upon salvation, all right? It is your deposit. It's how you get into heaven. It's your ticket. But we're also instructed, be being filled with the Spirit, Listen, I got filled with the Holy Spirit in 1993 or something like that. But if that's my only experience with the Holy Spirit, I don't have a whole lot today. Because I am called to live a walk of continual filling. Amen? Amen. I want to quickly do a, 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 a quick run through of the five cases in the book of Acts where people are baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. Just in, in, I can't read all of these things because they're full chapters, but they'll be on the screen so that you can do your own homework, okay? Case number one. This is the first 
instance of when the gift was imparted to the church, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Case number one, the apostles, they're gathered together in one place, Acts chapter 2. Suddenly the, the violent wind and the earthquake and the tongues of fire, and they all spoke in tongues. Okay, that's, that's uh, number one. Case number two, whew, you can relax. No mention of the word tongues here, so you can take a break. The Samaritan believers in Acts chapter 8. No mention of tongues. It was evident. Everybody knew they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible just doesn't quite tell us how he figured it out. He just knew. You could see it on them. Case number three, and I'm running through these. This, this could be a whole teaching on itself. Case number three, Apostle Paul. He, he, uh, he, Paul become, he, he, he gets blinded. He meets Jesus, and now he's sitting in a room blind. All right? Um, later, Ananias comes and lays hands on Paul after he's saved, and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's, and again, we don't, we're not told he speaks in tongues, but uh, we do know he did speak in tongues. This isn't a tongues message. I just know it's uncomfortable for some of you. Okay? Paul said, I, I speak in tongues more than anybody. That's what he says in 1 Corinthians. And I would that all of you would speak in tongues. Do it. It edifies you. It glorifies you. But hey, when we come together, could you just kind of speak intelligibly so we can build each other up? <laughs> That's what Paul said. So we're, I'm just showing you this, that Paul was not against tongues. He, was, he spoke in tongues more than any of us. All right. Case number four. I love this case. The house of Cornelius. This is in Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11. Cornelius is not a Jew. He is a Gentile. He's a Roman soldier. And he, but he's a devout, God-fearing guy. Doesn't know Jesus. His household doesn't know Jesus. He was a God-fearing guy. Long story short, Peter gets this vision while well, he, he sees a, a net coming up and all these fish, and Jesus says, take and eat. And he's like, I can't, God, I'm, I'm kosher. I don't do that. And he's like, no, don't call unclean what I've called clean. Then he sends him to Cornelius' household, and he starts to speak to them, and they all get baptized in the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues. It's in Acts chapter 10 and 11. And, and, and Peter and the apostles, they're so bewildered, they're like, well, they're filled with the Spirit. How can we stop them from being saved now? So yeah, you can accept Jesus, and now we're going to baptize you in water. They got it in reverse order. All I'm showing you is that this is a powerful case of when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the Gentiles and, and, and Cornelius. Case number five is uh, the believers in Ephesus. In Ephesus, a guy named Apollos, and I'm going fast, so you have to hang on to your seats. Apollos comes and he teaches them about Jesus. He teaches them and he baptizes them in water, and they receive Jesus. So in Acts chapter 19, Paul follows up with them, and he asks them this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, Holy Spirit? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. That was their, that was their response. Saved. Jesus was risen again. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Paul lays hands on him. They speak in tongues, and they, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. All right. All of this to say, I'm po I point these things out today. I want you to, you can do your homework, read that. If it makes you uncomfortable, just lean into the uncomfortness of it, all right? Just enjoy that. The tension is, is very, very helpful, all right? But all of this to say, our posture is, God, whatever you want. God, I need more of you. I want more of you. There is more, church. I don't care how far in the Lord you've come, there is more. 
There's more. There's more. If I, it, it, my wife and I have been married for almost 19 years now. And if I was like, hey, we got married. Praise the Lord. This is wonderful. She said, I do. It was a great honeymoon. I'll see you in 10 years. I said I loved you when I married you. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. Many of us treat the Holy Spirit this way. We treat Jesus that way. I had a wonderful experience 10 years ago. It was beautiful. I smelt fragrances. There were gems dropping on the floor. A burrito fell into my hands. What a gift. Ten years ago, it was amazing. If only we could get back to ten years ago. If we're still living on bread from ten years ago, we're in big trouble. Be being filled. This is foundational. And I don't care. Lord, I, I need more of you. I need to be filled with more of you. I need all that you have for me. It is a, it is a daily relationship. I ask, listen, I ask the Lord to fill me with the Holy Spirit every day. That's one of my prayers. I pray, through, I pray over my kids. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray over my wife. She's filled with the Holy Spirit, but I pr- fill her with the Holy Spirit. I pray over you guys. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because this is the gift. That is, that is to be the engine to let the church explode on planet Earth. To, to develop the kingdom. Thing is, I can't use these gifts in heaven. Speaking of gifts, Spiritual gifts was in that list of one-on-one teachings. These are things we decide, we're going to table the spiritual gifts until people have reached the ripe age of 40 and can handle them. And then we'll teach through them. This should be taught in kindergarten Sunday school class. It's 101. This should be basic stuff. Now, I'm not going to go through each and every one here, but look at those amazing things. And these aren't exhaustive lists, but these are three instances in the Scripture that they talk about spiritual gifts. Exhortation, leadership, mercy, prophecy, knowledge, discernment, healing, teaching, tongues, wisdom. Woo! All of these wonderful things. These are gifts. But here's the, here's the thing. And each one of you has been given a gift. Each one of you has been given lots of gifts. No, I know I'm gifted, but nobody sees it. Well, probably they don't see it because you came along with a gift, all right? You you know what? The Holy Spirit never gives the gifts of the Spirit a bad name. That's what I do. (laughs) Right? If, If the gift of the Spirit, let's go back to the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. I've been given the gift of a Wrangler Rubicon. This is my spiritual gift. And I drive up and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a gifted Jeep driver. I'm supposed to give you rides, I guess. Get in. You know what the rest of the church does to you? I like Jeep Wranglers, but I'm not getting in that if you're in it. Because the gift of the prophet is subject to the prophet. means this. You get filled with the Spirit, you can speak in tongues all you want. But if I go up to your face and blah, blah, and I'm screaming or whatever, and I'm a jerk to you all, every other day of the week, do you realize that gift is just a huh, huh. It's a clanging gong. All I'm doing is laying on the horn. I've been given the gift of, 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 of great faith. Now would you just all oh, listen to me? I'm the church needs the gifts. 
the, the Bible is very clear about it. All of these must be done for the strengthening, for the edification of the church. But if we don't minister out of humility and faith or in grace, we're just a clanging gong. So please understand, we believe every single gift in this book is available to us as believers. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We love these things. They're foundational. When I get to heaven, all of the gifts will cease. I'm such an amazing giver. Let's pick on the givers again. I have a bazillion dollars and I love giving to the most noble mission organizations like Wacom New Life. <laughs> now I die. I get to heaven and I'm like, hey, Jesus, I see you've got streets of gold. How about an upgrade? How much do you want? <laughs> or I've been given the wonderful administrative gifts. Jesus, let me administer the pavement program and the, the, I'll take care of the widows and orphans. And he's like, we don't have those here. Or, hey, Jesus, shabba dabba doo. We don't, we, don't, we don't need that here. Jesus, where are the lame? Where are the sick? Where are the needy? I'm ready. I've got the faith they're going to be healed. Well, I'll have to send you back for more of that. Because everybody up here is healthy, provided for, taken care of, full of the spirit. We were good. I'm, I'm drawing a, a point here. These things are amazing and they're important down here. This is the only time in your existence, this blip of a life that you get, that you get the privilege of being filled with the Spirit and operating in any one or a number of all. Let's go for all of them. We can eagerly desire the greater gifts. It's, it's a, it's a free, free, free check. Let's go for it. But this is the only time in my existence where I get to. So if I spend all of that time being scared because somebody speaks in tongues, Wow, don't you think that's the trick of the enemy to just get us to sit back and you know what? I'll just stay on my scooter because nobody gets mad at me on my scooter. Oh man, the Holy Spirit is such a gift and he's such a gentleman and he wants to fill you and empower you because this time of your life is going to be so filled with the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit, the evidence, the, the power of God to see the kingdom come. You realize that Pastor Sagai is going to walk over there in Ethiopia and be filled with the Spirit. He's going to get wisdom and discernment. He's going to see, he's going to see people, he's going to lay hands on people and pray for them. We went to the underground church there when we were there. And this man was filled with the Holy Spirit. I was like, well, am I in the book of Acts again? It is, it's incredible. It's incredible. And so we have to understand that we need it, first of all. I have to want it, and I have to just let God use me. You have a gift. And the, the weird thing about the gifts of the Spirit, and I, I don't know why it's this one specifically, but Romans eleven twenty nine says, for the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. NIV puts it this way, they are uh, irrevocable. It means... No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, how many people you murder, because that's the big one, I'm not taking the gifts back. 
Which is why you can have men, women of God, living immoral lives and still operating in the power of God. Okay? This one doesn't make sense to me. But it simply means this. God will never repent, which means change his mind, about the gifts he gives you. No matter what you do, no matter where you go. His gifts, he doesn't, he doesn't give you the Jeep Wrangler and be like, you know what? I didn't like the way you took that turn. I'll take the keys back. No, you get to keep the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, and and, and that, that's beyond me. That's, that blows my mind. So the gifts are without repentance, but you know what? You're not. You do need to repent. <laughs> You do need to change your mind. It doesn't mean that I continue to do the same thing in the same way over and over because that's nonsense. I have to repent because it means I change my mind and I agree with God. i got to continue. Father, boy, I, was not, I still wasn't thinking straight about my finances. I repent. I, I gave that word and I still need to repent about the way I did it because the Spirit was still subject to me and I was still the one in the driver's seat at the moment. And I was honking way too much and I, just, I wasn't humble. I wasn't loving and serving in that way. So the gifts and the calling were without repentance, but you are, and your favor has to increase. You need to grow in favor. You need to grow in grace and all of these things. Because our favor, God, you know what? Jesus had to grow in favor, right? Jesus, this is about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, folks. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. If Jesus had to grow in it, I'm pretty sure I do too. <laughs> because because uh, the favor, favor is, is a variable. If I were to, to cheat on my wife, I still would have a Jeep Wrangler. I still would be gifted and I would still be anointed. But do you know what? your favor toward me would be gone, as well it should be, right? So if you're one of those people who are like, I have so many good gifts and they're never recognized, you're still honking the horn. This is what serves the body. Oh, I, got, yeah, I have a word for you, here's a word. And I love you, and here, I'm going to serve you no matter how you react to me. I'm going to love you. And that will increase your favor, increase your gifting, and that will lay a foundation for a no more crisis, crisis prayer revivals. Remember 9-11? Towers come down, we prayed, we were back in the church. We were back at the prayer meetings. Because we've developed a relationship with Jesus based on crisis. We've developed a relationship with the Holy Spirit based on crisis instead of a, hey, wow, you're good, and I'm going to continue to press in. I, am not, I, I, I do not want any more buildings to come down in the name of Jesus. Well, I want more people in the church, so I just hope there's some assassination this week. That's nonsense. You realize the revival, the sustained revival that Jesus is going to pour out is based on his kindness, which leads people to repentance. It's going to be based on people who realize he's good. He's good. I'm going to, press, I'm going to keep on pressing into him. I don't need another crisis in my life to get me on my knees, to get me back in relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What I need is to realize I just need him. And I need to realize that, hey, this is my moment. This is my one shining moment. However many more years I got, it's my one shining moment to, be, to stand with him, to worship him 
It was all that I have in spirit and in truth, in faith, because when I get to heaven, faith is no longer a gift that I need. I only get to operate in faith now. I only get to step out in my giftings now. And now I need to understand, I need to increase in favor. Pray or pray that over yourself. I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Even if you don't, you're going to stand up right now. Proverbs says that that, uh, a man's gifts opens doors for him, right? But how long they stay open, this is my own addition to that, depends on the grace and favor that you're operating in and standing in. I'm going to pray. We're going to lay hands on each other. We're going to just pray that the Lord would fill you with the Holy Spirit. Just lay hands on somebody next to you. This is a... uh, If we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, the Bible says how much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It's a paid off Jeep Wrangler ready for you. He just wants to fill you. And if you're being putting into positions that you just don't feel equipped for, praise the Lord. That's exactly where you should be. Start leaning in. Lord, I need need administrative gifts. Fill me with the Holy Spirit to be a great administrator. Fill me with the Holy Spirit, Lord, to be a great, uh, a great teacher because I've been put in a teaching position. Whatever it is, the Lord will fill you and you can ask for anything. And so, Father God, we come before you grateful for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift that empowers your church to transform the world that your kingdom would come, Lord. It comes with the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, we just receive it. We open up our hearts to you, Father, and we would stand on our heads if that's what you wanted to fill us with, Father. But we want to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, not by strength, nor by might, but by your Spirit, Father. Lord, forgive us for doing things by strength and might. We rest in your Spirit. We rest in your grace, Lord, and we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just pray that you would baptize us, Father, in the name of Jesus. We receive it, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, if you feel inadequate, great. Ask the Lord, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Wisdom. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Finance. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. There's people around me that are sick, and I I can't heal them. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. That's the gift to the church. Listen, God bless you. If you want prayer for any reason, we're going to have some folks up here ready to pray with you. If you guys would come come now, those who are ready to pray, and just be ready to, to do that. But God bless you as you go. Be being filled. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.